there's a fan underneath your butt. For real? Yeah, that is blowing cool air. That's awesome. Straight up your crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we are now driving. Uh, and for those people who care, <laughs> that's what we're doing. And we'll start conversations. Uh, I have a list, uh, which I didn't grab out of my thing. We're on our way to Charleston, Missouri. Uh, we're in Sykeston, Missouri. This is East Malone, the road that we're on. That's a red light. Uh, I multitask better, I, so I think better while doing something else. Uh, although, when I sit and think, there's a lot of stuff that happens. <laughs> so, uh, I don't do it better, but I do well at multitasking. So, like driving and thinking and talking out loud and stuff like that. So. I don't know, how do you figure your, like how do you get inspiration? That's one of the things that's on the list, I know, is like your muses and your, like where your, uh, yeah, where you get your inspirational stuff, like how it comes up, where you, and then how do you get it out? <laughs> well, what you just said about multitasking and it seems like when you're driving and you can, be aware of many things at one time. And for me, songwriting, at least that aspect of what I do, I write best when I'm in motion, so I'm very kinesthetic. So if I'm in a car, I wrote a lot of songs when I was riding trains in New York City, the subways. I drive a lot for what I do. So I'll just turn the stereo off and I'll let whatever comes through and then work it through. How do I get it out? I don't use a pen and paper nearly ever. So I can be driving and write the song and the way I write it is just by singing it over and over again, trying new different things. I don't need an instrument, I don't need a pen, I don't need a paper, I just sing. And then later, maybe once I publish it, maybe I write the words down. But very rarely do I ever write the words down. It's all up in my head. But being in motion is an inspiration for me. And then content-wise, anything's an inspiration for me. I can write about anything, it can be a, a jumping off point. And I started being a part of a songwriting group that S.J. Tucker actually started several years back. I joined in last summer. It's been, oh my goodness, it's been a year now. It's been a year. It used to be one a week. This year we've been doing one a month. Wow, okay. So we write off a prompt. And it could be anything from, let's see, what are some of the things we did? Um, Around Samhain time, it was witches, you know, just something about witches. There was one last summer where the, the lyrics of steel and stars needed to be in the song. Um, this month it was liberty. So that really helps me go, oh, I guess we're going in that direction. I just sort of ask the muses, the universe, my guides, where does it want to go? And it just kind of, it kind of, um, it all just, pieces together and congeals and then turns into a song. It can happen very quickly, especially if that's all I do is I'm just focusing on that. But I can do that sort of like what you're, you're talking about. I can write a little bit and then somebody will call and I'll talk to them for a while and then I'll go back to it. Well, what was that lyric? Sometimes I'll record it in my phone because a melody could come by really quickly and leave really quickly. 
So that helps to have that app where I can just record tidbits and go back to it. And what was that? Those are great things. Aren't They're you? so great. Technology is awesome. I love it. <laughs> and and that's what makes it possible for me to not have a pen and paper. And right. I wouldn't write down a melody anyway. I would listen back to it. So Do you consider the, so your melody thing, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, hopefully I'm not interrupting your train of thought. There, no, no, go ahead. Uh, recently, someone uh, important to me said, uh, I'm... I'm, I've gotten more into spoken word. She didn't really go into it. She just said, I, I'm good at spoken word. And I went, oh, okay. Uh, and now I'm interested more in like, okay, wh what exactly does she mean by spoken word? Because I haven't really heard it. You know, I, I've heard her speak to me, uh, but I haven't heard her perform her talent. But I may have, and she just didn't call it that. Uh, and so... There's, there's this thing that says, okay, a performance, to me, is a thing that says, uh, the thing that I do naturally, I perform in a way that uh, other people enjoy. Uh, that's, that's what I think my nature is. Uh, so for you, like your, I believe like your nature is that internal thing that sings. Like you, you hear the melody of something. You hear the way that that particular thing resonates to you. Uh, I speak it in a way that I just understand it by looking at it. I just understand the way hierarchies work, and I understand the way things happen. And, I, it, and it's, it's one of these recent, I just understand stuff. And I go, I'm grateful for the fact that I, like, understand it. It comes easy. And I go, wow. Uh, and then I try to tell everybody else that, or I get it out to them, you know, and I hope that it comes out to them that way. That's a thing that I didn't know that I did up until recently. I didn't know that I was good at it. I didn't recognize the fact that that was a talent that I had and that I used it more than I was aware of. So for people who use their talents and use them in ways that are uh, beneficial to them, i.e., you know, 14 albums and a, a life of, you know, living the way that you want to, uh, that's, you know, when I say impressive, that's an impressive thing to me, that you've taken a talent honed it in a way that says uh, it's not only mine but it's uh, it's useful to me and somebody asked me recently have you been able to convince people that what you do makes money and I went I'm not sure I understand that question <laughs> because I've always lived my life I've always made the money that I've made, I've always lived the way that I've lived, and yeah, I mean, no, have I been up on the high road all the time? Absolutely not. But, uh, I've done it the way that I've done it. And I've done it in the music world in a way that other people, I started thinking about that question, I started thinking about where we are, and I said, you know, and E brought it up uh, the other day about how uh, uh, musicians and bards and people are like the low end of the totem pole when it comes to it, and even technicians, for me, it's like, most of the time people go, I'm happy you just show up. I go, you do realize that's like the least amount that you could ask of me. <laughs> so you're not holding me very high esteem if you're saying, I'm just happy you show up. I go, who doesn't show up? <laughs> I go, because that's, that's a pretty crappy thing, you know? Well, wait, 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 let me ask you this. 
what does that mean showing up just because there's so many different levels around what showing right. up is and some people i believe to some people that showing up is the fact that i just even show up to do Physically the job arrived yeah, yeah. on, on time ready to go in order things are ready to go you know like and i you know showing up too is just being there like hello because there are people who don't show up or don't you know put any effort in whatsoever they show up half-assed do things and you know they have to fight all their way through it like i was told by the sound guys before i showed up at psg you know the people the bands were telling me this week before you showed up mm-hmm. a couple of years ago we had to tell everybody what to do all the time mm. i slapped a sound man's <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about it until Anna told me. You slapped his hand. It's a young young kid who was actually, um, I think, apprenticing. And he was he was trying to unplug a cable that was mm. in my looper. And I tried just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was a pretty funny moment. It was sweet. It, you know, it was kind of a fun moment. But, um, yeah, what you do is an art and a craft that is meant to be unseen, quote unquote, but definitely heard. And most people don't realize how much the sound person does. And I, I've lived my entire life, really, under that guise of, um, you don't know I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, uh, my best friend Ryan, who lives down here too, he lives in Jackson. Uh, Ryan, and I, you know, the reason my company is called Angel Audio is because it's, a, it's an acclamation of two nicknames. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. I believe that's the right word. Um, but I was, when I was working at Six Flags, I was in 2000. And, no, it wasn't. It was in 98. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated high school in 93, I came home in 95, I started there in 96, 97, 98. Uh, so for three and a half years, three and a half seasons out there, actually, yeah, three and a half years, I ran the television station, uh, and which meant I edited video and shot video, and I uh, managed a cable head end. And I, uh, so I learned how to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, at a very young age, I was thinking about it on my way down here. I, uh, my life has been privy to things that younger people probably shouldn't have uh, access to, uh, but I did, and I'm still alive. So, <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I was given things early on, uh, and I was able to handle them. I got more things. Uh, I handled them. Uh, now, as I go on in life. Uh, not everything is, exci- is as exciting as it used to be, uh, but it is at the same time. You just have to find out where it's at, because I missed some stuff on the highway uh, that I didn't gather through all those years. I didn't slow down enough, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now, that I, now that I'm going back and I'm learning from some of the experiences that I had, I get greater meaning out of them, because I spend a little bit of extra time with them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, because of that, I feel like I'm a better person. <laughs> so, and even our, like the, like PSG, uh, I wasn't supposed to be there. That's mm. not, I, w- I wasn't, I didn't 
choose. I mean, I did, but I didn't choose because that's where I paid to be, like some people. So, like the other day, you said like you don't get paid to be there, but you do. I mean, in a way, uh, do do you get paid by? And you don't have to say it. Uh, I get paid. Uh, I'm an employee of the church, basically. Uh, so I watch my P's and Q's, and I do what I'm supposed to do because I'm I'm a paid employee. I'm not a patron. Okay. Uh, there's a difference in who I am. There's also a difference in who you are because you interact with the patrons in a different way than I have to. Uh, your, the church question I asked you, I asked you about performing in churches because you had said you did a church gig. I heard you say you did a really bad church gig in a state that, not a really bad one, you did a church gig in a state that was less than obligatory, <laughs> and I won't, I won't divulge the state that you were in physically. I'm trying to remember what I told you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come to you. Okay. And you didn't say it to me. You said it to uh, the people in your tent. Uh, I just don't like to repeat things in public forum. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what, <laughs> what that was. It'll come to you. Uh, <laughs> you were talking to God more than you should have been at the time. Huh. <laughs> like, really trying to remember what I said. So, uh, and so I heard that you do churches, and I went, wow, so here's a person who is wearing different masks, uh, using what she knows about this thing, and using it at this church. I didn't really go into detail as to what church you went to. But I can see the music that you do fitting into different churches of different uh, uh, denominations, like an actual church church. So, you know, I didn't ask which church you went into because, well, it didn't really matter. But uh, now, you know, which churches do you go to? What kinds of churches do you go to and play? Got it. Okay. So, first of all, I wouldn't say that I wear different masks. I'd say I wear different hats. Because to me, mask has a connotation of something inauthentic. And everything I do, I definitely bring what's true for me to it. So many things are true for me. So I feel comfortable in so many different environments. I started doing churches early on in my career because one of my fans said, hey, you should do Unity Churches. I started doing unities, then I started doing new thoughts, and then I discovered Unitarian Universalists. Um, every once in a blue moon, I'll do something like a Lutheran church, but those are my top, primary top three. And those are not necessarily God or Jesus-centered faiths, though unity is Christian-based, but more of Christ as a teacher and a healer than as a uh, God above us. Um, so I've been doing that for a long time and what's great is I can go in on a Sunday morning, usually get up pretty early, do one or two services, sing a couple of songs and reach a lot of people who are in what would be more like the positive music um, genre, which is now a thing. There is a posi music uh, even awards and I'm that's this year I'm working with my friend Chris to develop that more and use the connections that I've made in all these amazing New Thought, Unity, and Unitarian Universalist churches. Uh, it's a big movement. It is. 
So, and somebody like Ginger Doss also crosses both of those. She is the music director at the Fayetteville, um, I think, New Thought Church. And she, I think, won a positive music award for the Thankful Song, which you've heard at PSG. So, Pagan, right, to me is a huge umbrella, and New Thought is also a huge umbrella. And I feel like I fit very well under both, and they both support each other. Most people in the New Thought movement understand the same concepts that a lot of people in the Pagan movement well, they came, understand. Well, the, the New Thought <laughs> movement came from the Pagan movement. I mean, it's basically, we're all from the older thing, so you see parts of it in there, don't you? you see the... I see crossover. You know, what you focus on increases. Right. Is sort of like the the secret, sure. um, you sure. know, manifesting yep. from your vibrational energy. And then people are doing rituals and building their vibrational energy in that way in order to do the same things, to create change, purge, um, balance, a better life, health, wealth, happiness, all of those same things. So I see a very... A strong thread between the two. So back to your question, I can walk into lots of different scenarios and feel like I have a home, which has been developed over the years as well. And the churches have also been very wonderful in a sort of bread and butter mainstay, making the career work financially. Mm -hmm. So what I love about them is I go in, I sing maybe two songs, sometimes up to four, but one, two songs. I get usually get a standing ovation every song. People applaud in all these. You, you, you churches, people don't typically applaud. They're, they're much more intellectual and po poetic. Um, but unity and new thoughts. You get all this love and adulation. And, um, and then you sell a bunch of CDs afterwards. You've made fans and you haven't worked hard to get people there. Yes, it's amazing. a sacrifice of a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I once had a talk with a musician friend who did something very different than me. He was in a band in the bar scene where, you know, they'd get there at midnight mm -hmm. and start playing at two mm -hmm. or maybe one and go till four. Yep. And, you know... It's a hard life. Yeah, each member of the band might squeak by with the hundred dollars that yep. night and all the beer they can drink. Right. Which they're not drinking anyway because they need to focus on their, their music. And when I told him how I do it, where I sing two songs, <laughs> I get a stipend, usually of around $100, and then I sell music. He did. He was very upset with me. Yeah, well, I, I could, <laughs> I, I've had... So, one of the things that you and I are going to recognize shortly is that, if you, if you haven't already, we have a very much in common thing. Uh, when I hear your stories and when I hear things going on, I go, yeah, that's that's been my life. Uh, churches and schools and things like that are uh, have, have paid me well uh, to do very easy work, really. Uh, but they don't know how. And because I'm capable of doing it and I do it nicely and I do it without hesitation or, you know, uh, pain, really, you know, like making it harder for them, uh, they, they tend to invite me back. There's value in that. And pay me a lot of money to do it. You know, value in that's that. this... Um, and, and, I, and I recognize that I do get paid an awful lot amount of money to do what I do. Uh, and I know that other people don't. And, I, and that's a humble thing to me that I go, I had to realize somewhere along the way that I can ask for any amount of money that I want and people pay it. 
and I go, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, and then when they do it, other people go, I'm not very happy with you right now, <laughs> I go, because you didn't get paid the amount of money I got paid, or what, <laughs> you know, or because you're not working the way that you, you're not doing the thing that you want to do. All right, we're going to take just, not a break, but we're going to interrupt this conversation for a highlight of where we're at. Uh, you were at Boomland the other day. Yes. This is the original. <laughs> I have not seen this one. This one's bigger. Yes, this is the original. <laughs> we are we are we are in Charleston, Missouri. Uh, this is the outskirts of Charleston, Missouri. Behind here is the penitentiary, which got built uh, about 20 years ago, I think, uh, which changed the dynamic of this particular place. Uh, because when you build a when you build a penitentiary in a in a, in a small town. Uh, when the people get out, they don't go anywhere. Oh, sure. Uh, and so it changes who lives here. Uh, so things changed a little bit. Uh, it, didn't, it wasn't quite so small anymore. Uh, but Charleston was a 5,000-person town, still is, you know, between five and 6,000. Um, this is where my dad moved to when my parents got divorced, was this little town. Uh, it was still then 5,000 people back then. <coughs> uh, this is Boomland. Boomland <laughs> is a uh, souvenir shop, very large souvenir shop for a small town. Uh, they make, you know, souvenir shops bigger and smaller, but they, you know, all the things that little people craft on and jellies and beef jerky and <laughs> everything else. It is on the and outskirts. Fireworks, right? And fireworks, yeah. Isn't it known for fireworks? Yeah, yeah, it has a whole fireworks places where people come, and that's probably how they started was a fireworks stand. Probably, Hence, yeah. Boom Land. Exactly. Um, <laughs> The, there is attached to Boomland a restaurant called Wally's Choo Choo. C-H-E-W? Nope. C-H-O-O-C-H-O-O. Choo Choo. And Wally's was about the only restaurant that, because it's technically a truck stop. Boomland is technically a truck stop uh, with fireworks and stuff. You know, it's one of the highway truck stops, Route 66 type old truck stop, so... The, about the only restaurant open, and my my dad and I uh, got remarried, and uh, it was Thanksgiving one year, and uh, this woman had no idea how to cook. His new wife. Yeah. Okay. No idea how to cook. Still doesn't have any idea how to cook. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. I mean, that's my dad is my dad. I mean, that's what he wanted to do, you know. So um, Thanksgiving. You know, we're down here, and, you know, we're kids. We're, I'm 10, maybe 11, somewhere in there, you know. And for us, this was Thanksgiving dinner, because it was the only Boom thing open. Oh, truck, what is truck it? stop. Boom, Wally's Choo Choo. Wally's Choo Choo. Wally's Choo Choo. For Thanksgiving. Yep. So, this is, with this, you know, there's <laughs> memories that I have around this place. There's a lot of them. Uh, I spent years down here. I spent, you know, 6, 10, 15 years. And my dad still lives down in this area, so... I don't spend nearly as much time as I used to, because once I turned 16, 18 years old, uh, he didn't feel the need to drive up and get us every weekend. And we didn't feel the need to come down there. Uh, so things started to grow apart. So here we are in, in Charleston. We're going to head north through Charleston, and we're going to take a little detour, go around Charleston, head up to... Um, we're going to head back up to Benton, and then head over and then come back down. Uh, and we'll pass by the many farms and all that other stuff. Uh, we may go out 
and look at the country club out west of town, uh, east of town here, because uh, there's a lot of stuff around town here that's kind of fun. We used to ride our bicycles. Uh, my little brother and I have a, a brother who's four years younger than I am, and uh, he and I were friends. <laughs> uh, and we would. This town was our uh, playground. Uh, I was a free-range chicken. <laughs> Did you hear me call myself that the other day? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was a free-range chicken. Uh, for me, uh, my parents, both of them, because they got when they got divorced, uh, went to work. <laughs> That's basically what they did. And uh, so, parenting for us was: see you when you get home. <laughs> Come eat. Yeah, yep. Come eat. You know. So we rode our bicycles around town, and we got in trouble, and we found friends, and we went to stores and we met store owners and uh, bought things and, uh, you know, became part of the town. And when I talk to people who knew me then, they go, yeah, we remember that you just rode your bike all over the place. I was like, yep, that's basically what we did. Mm -hmm. We just rode all over the place. So we didn't have anything to do. There wasn't anything to go do. Uh, <laughs> right. We, uh, we came from St. Louis. We came from a faster movement of people and vibration like we we're talking about uh, we came from a different thing and we came down here to a small town that moved much slower and uh, you know so you have to figure out how to speed up and slow down you have to figure out how to fit in where to fit in and all the things that you're going to do to become one of the locals because that's what you do mm, adapt or die <laughs> and if you're spending time down here you better adapt Yep. And I remember the like one of the first years that I tried to fit in, and it was my dad put me on the baseball team with, for the Kiwanis, you know. And I came into town to try to play baseball. I'd never played baseball. I'd never practiced with the team. I never did anything. So how would I be able to play? So when I showed up, they put me on the vet on the bench and said, "There you go." Aww. Uh, so I never got the opportunity because I didn't have. I wasn't here for all the other things that happened, you know. Right. Well, of course, it pissed me off because I didn't get to play and I never did it again. So I shut that part of me down and said, okay, well, obviously you're not good at it because they put you on the bench. Right. So this is the main, uh, we just rode past it, <laughs> the main commerce <laughs> section of, of Charleston, Missouri. You can tell there's not a whole lot to it. Uh, Brown Shoe Company was that building right there. They manufactured shoes. Huh. Uh, my dad had this building as his first company when he lived, second company actually. The other one was just down the street that way, so he had that building there. And the storage of that building back in his home it was down on the cross streets over here. Uh, and there's a, we're gonna go by, there's not a whole lot here anymore, as you can tell. It's kinda, you know, like I said, there's just not a whole lot. It exists and it does its thing. And, uh, here by the Cynic sign, I believe. Past it, yeah, a little green building. There's a little restaurant, nope, that's a church coming up. May have been right there. Yeah. Yeah. There was, a, there was an older gas station that was there, and a, and a building next to it had a restaurant in it called Johnny's. And Johnny's was one of those where it had ten tables inside and a, a counter to sit at. And it made the best damn hamburgers. And everywhere <laughs> you know one of those you said you went for that that's yes. why you went yes um, 
And I remember, you know, these are things that you remember even as an adult that you did. You went to go do those things because that's why you did it. Uh, also, that little gas station that was there had all the little candy in the little uh, Fiera uh, uh, 10 cent boxes of yes. lemon heads and yes. blueberry and uh, watermelon. They had all those, plus the hand pick, you know, five and 10 cent ones. They had it all in this little uh, run down old gas station that had been there since, you know, 19 something. That highway leads to Cairo, uh, Eleanor, and then across the river over to Paducah and all that. So that's where we're at. We're on kind of like this crux between East Prairie and all these other things. We're coming up, we went over the bridge and we're going into um, the Saint, or Saint Louis, <laughs> the Charleston Country Club is coming up over here, uh, you know, private. Uh, thing, but because I had friends, uh, who's my dad uh, works as a broker on the Chicago Board of Trade, and the company that he ran here was helping the farmers uh, invest their money and futures wisely. Hmm. Uh, so he knew people like the governor of Missouri, who lives in that building at one point in time. His house that was their house. Uh, and this is the country club, you know, the so... The governor of Missouri lived in Charleston. Yeah. Huh. He's from Charleston, so it was. Right, right, okay. The family was, you know, and the, so uh, there are a lot of bigger names down here in the farming business and places that, you know, matter to the people down here. And so there's a mansion here on the corner that... Uh, and because we knew people who had money, this is where I spent. And we'd ride our bikes out here. Cool. And, and spend that's the time. quite a ride too. Yeah, what we just drove. What we just did, and that's what we did on BMX bicycles. Uh, I want to know where the hot tub is. There isn't one. Oh. This is the pool, uh, and this is where you know we don't have uh, video, so we're, I keep I describe it because although video is good, uh, I like audio. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at talking and being who I am like that. So uh, this is the pool. <laughs> it's you know it holds. You know, a good amount of people. There's not a good amount, but you know, 40 comfortably probably before you run into one another. And uh, you know, there's 10 or 12, 20 chairs around the place. Uh, so diving it's, board and a little diving must board. be pretty deep. And uh, this is where I spend a lot of my time. You know, the you ate at the the country club bar right there. You know, and it's a building the size of you know a thousand square foot house. You know. Yeah. 1,200 square foot house. It's not very big. It's a tiny little place. But these people, you know, this is what they do. This is what a country club is to them. And this is what small town is. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people from my world don't know what small town means. But this is what they find comfortable. You know, I learned how to play golf here with people. I learned how to, you know, walk around and caddy. And although I never did, I didn't get paid for it. I didn't do anything. I just spent my time out here because, like I said, we didn't have anything else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I once, um, we, I had a similar upbringing, small town, and, and we had horses, so I was either riding my bike or riding my horses, and one day, my sister and I decided to ride through the back fields along the highway to go through the drive through of McDonald's on our horses. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> but what, I don't know if this is true now, but at the time, 
what works is there's a sensor and that's how they know somebody is there to say, how may I help you? Would you like to place your order? And the sensor was not going off because we were on horses. So we just walked up to the window and knocked and freaked them I'm sure. out. <laughs> I'm sure. And we ordered ice cream cones, which ended up melting into the horse's <laughs> manes. But we rode home and ate our ice cream cones on horseback. And that's one of my favorite moments growing up small town. Nothing to do. And, create and, an adventure. And why not? Right. And that's the, you know, the adventure thing is, is basically what has driven my life. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who don't understand what adventure is. Today is an adventure. Today is a practice, an adventure. It's, it's, for me, it's getting out of something that, mm. for a while, I was, I, was, I was bound to my house. I was bound into my house. And Self-chosen? Both. What do you mean? Uh, well, <laughs> I have a long history. <laughs> uh, I bought a condo. That was one of them. Years ago, and I, I followed the I followed the advice of somebody else who said to do something, and I did it because they said you should do this, and I went, yeah, I should do that. Uh, somebody who tried to put me in a box, and they did, literally. <laughs> uh, I I chose to do it because I felt that that was the thing that I was supposed to be doing as a young adult, because that's what I was told to do. Mm -hmm. uh, this particular person also uh, got me to be a mason, and. Uh, you know, started me down a path of things that is much deeper than uh, most people will ever understand about anything. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, I appreciate the fact that he tried to help me and that he guided me along and that through my life there have been angels that I didn't understand what an angel was until I started talking to the universe and understanding and I just pointed at Celia so you know, video, fuck off, whatever. <laughs> Why did you point? Because you're one of those little angels. You're one of those things uh, that I didn't realize what an angel was until I start, you know, talking to them and going, oh, you're a helpful thing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And you don't know it. You don't know you're a helpful thing. I mean, you may know it, but you don't, you don't know that that's what you're doing. Just like uh, I don't know that that's what I'm doing. I, I'm here doing the thing that I do because it's, well, fun. <laughs> There, but I can do it. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna make a side trip through. Uh, well, you know, if you look at it that way, I think everybody's an angel for everybody else, or an inspiration. Or... But I never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't see that. Um, you know, I was from my upbringing in a church because my upbringing was from a church. I was okay, so what was what? Baptist. Baptist, okay. Uh, so for me, everything happened outside of me. Nothing was sure. internal. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, you know, angels were out there. They were things that you couldn't see or talk to or know what they were. Right. Uh, and Jesus, they, had, they had all the power and yeah, you were just... God was something that you talked to but didn't answer back. Uh, it wasn't something that, uh, that, mm. that, that influenced you. It was something that you were influenced by. It was, uh, you're, you know, you're told what to do, not figure out what to do uh, and I've rebelled against that my entire life and, yeah, and that's why my dad and I don't get along uh, sure, sure, makes sense. Uh, that's why my mom and I don't get along uh, as well as we could because they aren't able to uh, understand me and the way that I am one and two it's hard for me to come 
down to a level and I use down to a level because it's not underneath me but it's different from me in a way that says I know more than they know and they're not willing to know it. Uh, because of their beliefs and who they are. So that no matter how loud I preach or how loud I talk or how loud I yell, it only comes off as uh, this heavy vibration of wrong. Hmm. That can be very disheartening. And that's why when I meet people like you and other people that I've met very recently, those have been they have been more uplifting people saying you're doing very good in what you are doing keep doing it however you're doing it whatever you're doing it oh, I don't know what we're doing here so we're going to figure it out yeah hello we're just turning around alright you're fine thanks man speaking of baseball this is why I came down here right this is the baseball field down that little turn we're going to if you look down there I should have gone that way there's a little path that leads down to the end of that thing over there and we're, we'll go around since it does this we're at the baseball fields where I was talking about. Uh, again, Fun. as a kid, this is where uh, the baseball happened. Um, the fields are directly perpendicular to my dad's house through those trees, west through those trees. Uh, there's a little trail that runs through it back there and uh, you pop out on the other side. Uh, but it's all wooded in, and you have to know it. You have to know it's there. So it's one of those that you go, uh, oh, yeah, and you ride your bike through it, you know. And I'll show you. I can't drive down there because there's some, there's an event going on today, and we can't drive down there. But if you go straight through those trees, that's where you go at the end of that little pathway down there. It looks very magical. And it is because it's dark. <laughs> there's one little path that right there. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's still there uh, so my adventures have led me somewhere this week. Uh, we're going to breach a subject kind of half in and half out of what we're talking about today. A couple of months ago, I met a woman uh, that I didn't know I met. <laughs> that sounds intriguing already. Uh, I didn't know who she was when I met her. Okay. And uh, so her name is Sandra. And uh, she works at my chiropractor's office, which is the place that I go to get better. Because <laughs> uh, I haven't gone to a doctor since my motorcycle accident. So you asked me a question about this thing, and I went further back. I went further back in life uh, to define part of how I got to here. And part of how I got to here is this town that we're in and this life that I've lived. Uh, this house right here, I'll go back to where I was, but this house right here uh, belongs to the Bryants, the family called the Bryants. I think it's this house, you want to check? Yes, it was that house. And Myra Bryant, uh, the Bryants are, no, I'm sorry, it's this house with the columns. Thank you, 1307, this one. There's a trampoline in the back of this house, or there was when I was a kid. <laughs> that trampoline was one of my favorite places to be. Uh, and I would come here, I would ride by daily. Uh, there, there were kids that lived there, and there, and there, uh, and there. All <laughs> of them, you know, all friends. And uh, Myra was the most beautiful 
14-year-old girl I'd ever seen. <laughs> and I was the same age. <laughs> oh, um, summer. Yeah. Romance, yeah. Teenage. Yeah. For many years, you know, off, you know, I'd, I'd only be down here for so long, so it would, it would kind of rekindle, you know, but I would leave, and so it would never be permanent. Mm-hmm. And so those memories uh, are, are are great because I, it was so innocent. Uh, this pool here at this house, there's a pool behind that thing. Um, that was Roland Ashby's house. I don't know if it is or not. We had a song for him about rolling on the Ashby. I don't know. It's like rolling on the river. I don't know. Where are your kids? <laughs> Tennis courts and uh, a pool, the public pool, are here on the left-hand side. So you can see how fast we go through this town. I'm only driving at 10 miles an hour, you know. So, uh, But these all had little things. And, that you know, I learned I was on a swim team here with Myra and her friends and Leslie and Kim, their sister. And, uh, and so these people that I had, that I made friends with here, you know. And uh, so I was invited, uh, eighth grade graduation, to go to a formal dance with Myra. Come down in formal attire, you know, at the, you know, full-on dance. And there's only, like, ten kids, twelve kids in their graduating class. It's not like, you know, St. Louis, we had 300, yeah. 500, you know. So to come down here and be a part of this group of kids who invited me to be with them, uh, you know, I'm, I, it's a big damn deal because <laughs> I'm standing out like a sore fucking thumb <laughs> and just, you know, <clears throat> but they all knew who I am and we had a great time, you know, and I loved her. I did. I was in love with her. I still, I still love her. She's a friend of mine on Facebook, uh, married and, uh, has kids and she's doing a wonderful life being a nutritionist down here. Uh, I think at a wellness center. I don't know. I haven't talked to her. You know, it's not like I keep in great contact. But she and I like each other's things on Facebook, and she agrees that I live my life well. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna go by my dad's house when they got married. Uh, my dad, my stepmom, got married and lived off the street. So then it's gonna take us out of town, and we're gonna head up, and by then we'll be heading back towards for getting ready for the rest of the stuff. This is where they live, and there's a lot of good and bad stuff that happened here. This was their house, this mint green one right here. Uh, Jody Meredith lived across the street, and mm. another Jody lived there, and uh, Casey lived there. And, uh, we had a go-kart, and we drove it around, and we were the bad kids, because we'd get pulled over all the time with the cops, and because uh, <laughs> we would just, we would just down. I mean, the street is big enough for like one car to fit down. Yes. And we would just haul ass up and down all of these streets as a park. Uh, one other park back over here. We'll do one quick tour. And uh, Heckenbyers Park, I believe, is the name of it. Uh, you'll have to we'll have to read the sign. Heckenberg's Pond. I can't tell yet. It's up here. Uh, Heckenberg. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so we'd just tear our ass up and down this. And one time it had a handbrake on the go kart. I was down there, and. Uh, going full throttle down the street, just through every stop sign, through every, just, and I learned how to be a mechanic on that go-kart. <laughs> I learned how to tweak it out, I learned how to make it faster, I learned how to pull the carburetor apart of it and clean it, and put on new carbs and everything else. And I pulled the handbrake, twisted the wheel, and went sideways and flipped it three times. Uh. Walked it back, 
uh, with my arm like this, just scraped everywhere. Lucky to be everywhere. walking. Uh, I have been in more accidents and thrown from more things because uh, our our end the end of our tour takes us right back to Bo's Barbecue where we started and across the street where there was a dirt BMX track that we would race the Cottonmouth uh, BMX finals. So we'd go over and start on top of this huge concrete hill and it had a gate on it. We had a BMX bike. We rode our bikes everywhere. That's all we did. Yeah. So we'd go over there and it had dirt mounds and double moguls and everything else and we would race riding like you would do motocross but with legs. And we won a lot. <laughs> because that's all we did was ride around. So when you put us on something that was so short like that. Yeah, easy, easy peasy. Uh, this is Virginia Street. This is, you know, we start getting into the nicer parts of, there's different parts of town even for Charleston. You know, like we, we skipped kind of the downtown Main Street down there. We could still do it. But, uh, this is kind of... The affluent, affluent, uh, or was the affluent area. Uh, I don't know how these people live other than farming. I don't know what they do. I don't know where they go work. I, it's it's really weird, to, you know, uh, because I'm not sure how people function like this. What do you do? There's no. There's nothing. That's always been a fascinating question for me. Government school. You know, and, and what, you know, where do they go? I mean, how do you, do you know? I'm, I've come to realize recently there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Mm. There's a lot of experience. There's a lot of places. And your travel, like you being going all the time, you know that there's a lot of things. There's a lot of different people. There's a lot of different mentalities. But mm -hmm. being an American, we all are American. Uh, Sandra has taught me. She's half Iranian. So she has dual citizenship, Iranian and American. Wow. And uh, speaks Farsi and uh, is very talented and beautiful and uh, smarter than me, which is to hear me say that. You know me well enough to know that to hear me say that is significant. Yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't think so. And I go, uh, <laughs> You have put me into a place that. I have to relent because I cannot rebut. That is significant. <laughs> I see you. Thank you for waving at me. Bikers. Uh, we'll do one quick pass and then go back. Uh, courthouse uh, and area, uh, City Hall. Uh, my dad and my stepmom met uh, down here. That's a new courthouse. No, it's not. Oh, it's in one, I guess. They met down here. Uh, my dad was an RAF. Uh, I don't know how they met. I have no idea how they met. Uh, except for this town is this big, and I could spit on somebody and meet them. You know, mm -hmm. That's how people meet. That's you know, it's a, uh, and that's what you know that conversation we were going that we bookmarked just a second ago is, uh, how, how, what do people do down here? You know, how do they? Where do they meet? This is the thing. There's a lot of small mines in America because they don't leave these areas. Uh, this, these churches, these things are the things that tell them what to do. The people that run these churches are the things that tell them what to do. Um, yes, and with the internet, we're breaking them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
there's so much more going back to you know being at PSG and so many people who are following a pagan path but call themselves solitary practitioners because there is no outlet for them in their town but they're studying online and that's basically so what I've ended here. up doing yeah live uh, here and have that experience virtually through Facebook or different uh, websites and, and it's amazing yep what is available to us now with technology that you wouldn't get just by walking around in this town until you bumped into somebody else who's doing the same thing right. because they thought they were alone too. And that's one of these, you know, that leads that conversation down the line of uh, when it comes to things like net neutrality and these ideas that taking this information away from us or regulating it down to the point where it tells us what we can and cannot look up is shit. Uh, any chance you get to tell somebody what they can and cannot look at, you're telling them what to believe. And uh, the internet's a big damn place. And if you start throttling it down to keep people from doing it, uh, these houses are beautiful. Just, uh, I, I always liked this road trip just because these are huge freaking houses that are well kept, well manicured. Yeah, uh, people care. The old style. Um, And there's a lot of information that's out there that's different from the things that are ours. You have to choose what it is that that resonates with you and makes you feel. I had to do the same thing. I can't just go, I can. There's a lot of stuff I've seen. There's a lot of stuff I've seen that I can't unsee. <laughs> and I understand where my dad came from. Being from under, he, was, he was feared into believing what he believes, and he can't unbelieve it now. I can't change his mind, and I'm not going to. Right. Uh, I have to understand that that's how he is feared into believing, and he won't change it. I okay. And to honor that, and to that's honor what, the what's fact right that that's for what him is. is not necessarily going to be right for you, and vice versa. And welcome to humanity. Right, and here we are. <laughs> <clears throat> and I can do that at a distance. I can say to somebody, "Okay, you believe what you believe. You're not going to agree with." Uh, I'm not going to force it down your throat, but you're not going to agree with me. And so that's one topic that we just aren't going to discuss. <laughs> it's something that we can't because uh, your, your, your flags and your barriers go up in front of you and then you don't say anything else except for repeating the same rhetoric that other people have told them. And I go, okay. And I just sit back again and, and go on with my life. Uh, and it's unfortunate because I would like, I like him. I think he, you know, I think he's done very well, and I think that he, uh, you know, has tried to do the best for himself that he can. And the same thing, same thing, I say the same thing for my mom, but still, they don't know how to think any differently, and and they think I'm weird or that I'm bad because I think I thinks the way that I do, mm -hmm. which is having more than one thought. So let's let's go back to Sandra. So you you started to explain meeting her a couple of months ago, and it, it seemed like it was going thank you. into a now that we're thread. On the road again, it is okay. And thank you for bringing me back. Uh, so Sandra and I, uh, while I was at PSG, so before I left PSG, uh, she works at the chiropractor's office. So I saw her seven times. I've met her seven times before PSG. She started in April, uh, 
I we met because she's there and we talked about office things you know work things but we also talked about other things like being psychic and time space continuums and um, uh, philosophies and lives and uh, some other stuff but they were quick conversations because we were in a we were in an arena that you couldn't get deep you know <clears throat> kind of like you and I where we started these conversations that had rabbit holes they were going places but we couldn't where we were sitting it just they they were either too passing or the people that were around us would not have understood the things that we were saying quite right they were passing we or were there was somewhere to go to right that's what i mean we just could someone right. to talk to interact with some stimulus over here is calling the energy this direction very hard to go deep right. in that environment right and uh, so the same thing was happening with Sandra and I. So uh, because of the, the, the environment that we were in. So before I left, uh, I was trying to find a place. You notice that uh, my traveling companion is not with me. Yes. Uh, I had asked Celia yesterday if it was okay to bring Kai. And uh, she said, well, she's allergic to dog spit. And I said, okay. Uh, and, and not having him here actually allows me to focus better because I'm not dealing with that. Uh, and you put out a couple of good things, and I said, I'll consider all of that, and I did. I just happened to be sitting with Sandra while I was considering it. Uh, and uh, she goes, is there a reason that you're not asking me to take him? And I said, uh, because, well, that would mean I was going to start relying on you for something. Oh. And uh, that means that you want into my world. And this has been a conversation because that was the fifth date in five days since. Oh, oh since coming back from PSG. Yeah. Oh, okay. And okay. we'd never been on any date before. Okay, cool. Uh, she texted me Thursday while at PSG because I gave her my number and she said, well, I'll text. Because <coughs> she was, you know, we talked about her taking Kai, but we never got along. We never got around to meeting beforehand, and then she had other things to do and couldn't take them the entire time. So I found something else for him to do Wait, while I was you at PSG. To, okay, got it. While I was at PSG, thank you. So before we went to PSG, we talked about it, and then she had my number, and she like right before I left for PSG, I went to go get it, uh, some supplements and get adjusted because I would be sleeping on the couch. Or I'd be sleeping in the tent, and I knew that I'd be. You had a couch. Sorry, like, wait, the tent. Wait, I'd be sleeping in the, you swing the, the couch. <laughs> the cot the is tent. what I meant to say. The cot. <laughs> I was sleeping on the cot, not the couch. The cot. <laughs> that, that really figured that one out. Uh, I, I saw that face. Of, <laughs> what the hell did you just say? Uh, we're driving by the levee. This is the party spot, um, and outside of Charleston, north of Charleston, this is the levee that holds back the Mississippi River. That hill right there on the other side of that is the levee. So you come down, you drive the levee, you'll see. This road right here oh, pops yeah. up. You can drive the levee and go down there. Uh, it is 1130. Uh, we can, I don't know, I don't know. I think we'd better just keep on trucking at this point. Yeah, I will need to eat yeah, something, something before right. we go too far into Thank you. the rest of day. Pr production land. Uh, so, Sandra uh, said, well, I'll text you when you get back uh, because you know, you're working. And I went, okay, uh, yes, I am working and I'll be busy, but I'll have a lot of free time, you know, like in between time where I sit down and talk to other people and do stuff, you know. And so she said, okay. And uh, so Thursday, she held off until Thursday and said, so I was going to wait till you got back, uh, 
but I decided tonight would be a good idea. <laughs> I said, well, good. And uh, from that point, we started conversation. And uh, she is a different person than what I thought she was. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an area that I haven't been in for a very long time. And it's somebody who keeps continuing to ask to be around me and not asking to not. <laughs> or saying, that, or that saying, significant yeah, or, or saying that I've got something else to do. Uh, so she's available. Yeah. Yes. She's yes. In, in her free time and her time that is not tied up with the rest of her life that she's doing. She's asking, can I spend it with you? Nice. And, and I say, yes, because <laughs> you know, that's ultimately... Uh, I, I haven't started this, but anybody who has listened to any of these podcasts whatsoever, because I always remember that that thing's on, uh, is I have a goal. I've had a goal uh, since for a very long time. I, it's not a goal. It's a dream. It's a quest. It's mm. a uh, thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I say it's a thing, uh, that's one thing that like Sandra goes, uh, I've had to understood what you mean by saying it's a thing. That thing is something that the other, the rest of the universe has to figure out. And if I try to tell it what it is, I'm getting involved with it. Mm. So in other words, if I tell the thing what it is, then it means that I'm shaping it to be what it is. Mm. Instead of it just being what it is. And so I go, oh, that's a thing. And people go, okay. And it's for, it's for people to figure out on their own. It's the way that I go, uh, please, uh, hopefully you figure out that thing. Because I don't want to tell you how to live your life, uh, and I don't want to—I don't want to be told how to live mine. I want to—I want to do it, and I want to experience it, and I want to know—you know—that things may be right or wrong, but I just don't like being told what to do. And uh, those lines of thought lead us to where. You know, you have to have an open mind and you have to be able to handle those, that line of thought that just keeps going and going and going. And all these little, uh, you know, like you said, those little threads and, and the people who don't know how to do that are people who just don't hang around. And she's like, can I come visit and talk about the things that we talk about? Because I like it. And I go, yeah. <laughs> Which means that she likes me because those are the things that I do. That's how I, this is, you know. And as we do more of it, like travel and do the things and all the stuff that I do, like you do, uh, you know, this is learning those things. Like if I wanted to go travel and if I wanted to help and do these things and working at churches and be on the road like you do, that means I have to be gone or I have to be, mm. I have to be away and I have to be, or have somebody with me, you know, that is willing to do it. And can you live a life these ways? You know? Are you talking about in terms of partnership? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not sure if I know how to do it. I've never had a partner. I've never had a partner. Like you and I talked about. The longest relationship I've ever had is nine months, and none of that's partnership. <laughs> yeah. So, so is this what you're getting to about your dream? Yeah. So what is, what's your dream? To have a partner. Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay. But, but say it's, more it's about that. It's not just a partner. Like, I mean, it's not just a partner. My dream is to have a significant other in my life. Somebody who's choosing me. Someone who chooses, instead of me telling them to be with me, to tell them, you know, that I... Because I felt like I've had to direct 
my entire life. And so now somebody has shown up in my life who doesn't want to direct me, just wants to be there. Mm. But now I have to stop directing and I don't know how to. Oh, wow. I, don't, wow. I have no idea how to stop being the director. <laughs> and uh, from a person's standpoint, and like I told you the other day, or I said to you, it, it was in passing, but it was in a way that I think you heard. I am impressed by the way that you handle yourself, your business, and your people. Because you may not understand, you have people. And they do shit for you because of who you are. There is a role that you play, and you play it very well. You don't like the idea of mask. It is one. It is one that you put on, and you deal with these people in this way, and you take it off to deal with yourself. You put it back on, and it's a different color. It looks different to deal with a crowd, and you take it off to deal with yourself. You put it on to deal with kids. You take it off to deal with adults and deal with yourself. It's a different mask, and I call it as... Billy Joel, who has been one of the major influences in my life, because music is a major influence in my life, uh, says, the entertainer is what it is. Do you know who you are underneath the mask? Mm. Yeah, roles. I would, I would call them roles. And being highly adaptable is a skill that the road makes sure you learn. You know, I know I was talking to Ginger Doss, like, I don't know, a year ago, and she said, you have to be a badass to be a touring musician. I was like, sister, oh my gosh, you, you get it. And when I do get in the company of people who do what I do, there is an affirmation and an understanding. It's like, oh, you get it. You get it because there's so much projection that happens from people who don't understand it, don't get it, and all they see is the tip of the iceberg of the stage time. Like Billy Joel says, the entertainer. That is an aspect of it, but it's only one of so many aspects. So back to what you're saying about, okay, so that's a different approach for you. You're, you're stepping into something very new and very different and seems like what you've been desiring and dreaming of going in that direction but I heard you say that you don't know how to do it but maybe incorporate another person into that even That's, the captain of your own ship so here's what I've done okay yes <clears throat> we have been on a couple of dates uh, we went uh, Monday night and had uh, dinner just got together, uh, we were gonna walk high, but there was a storm coming through, and so I walked in and then came back and we still had dinner. We ended up sitting in the back of this, uh, outside of the restaurant till 7 a.m. with the hatch open in the rain, talking. <laughs> 7 a.m.? From 8 o'clock p.m. Wow. to 7 a.m. very important corner, kind of. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened this way out in land. Uh, we had friends that lived out here, and uh, they had farmland, and uh, they're very nice people, the Warren family. Uh, they had a farm. I think it's back that way. Uh, but that's where we spent a good amount of time, because uh, she worked with my dad, and she was a very motherly person, and uh, was very helpful in raising us. Uh, my dad had no idea what the hell he was doing. So, <laughs> uh, so, 
Um, so Monday we went to dinner and then ended up talking. And then Tuesday uh, she came over and I cooked dinner uh, and hung out for a little while at home. And then Wednesday, um, and all the while talking like you and I talk, you know, just like this, just carrying on conversation and getting to know one another. Can I interrupt you for a second and give you a point of interest yes, or please. point of reference? This right up here, if you take a left, is where I'm staying. Oh, really? We're passing yeah. by yeah. Tina's neighborhood. We're, we're, we're going to through Benton. We're going to go through Benton to the other boomland. Then we're going okay. to go take the back road uh, back into Sykeston. Uh, uh-huh. We're going to go over the highway back into Sykeston. Yeah. That right turn here? right there. Yeah, okay. I know exactly where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So funny. Cool. So okay, Wednesday. Back to Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, I uh, I decided, uh, or she said she'd like to see me again Wednesday, and you know now it's three days in a row, and I'm going. Well, you must be all at Twitter. I am. <laughs> awesome. I am. And uh, you know, and I'm and I'm like, okay. So at this point, I go, well, maybe now we should actually have a real date. You know, for me, traditional dating is one of those things I really enjoy doing because I'm adventurous in that way. I like to find things to do. Yeah. I like to be entertained and find it. If I'm by myself, I'm the entertainment. I'm the thing that runs the sound systems. I'm the thing that fixes things. I'm the thing that makes the entertainment. I understand. With other people, I can sit and be entertained with them because they are being entertained. And I go, okay, that's fine. And I can relax a little bit. And I have a reason to be somewhere other than work. So, Wednesday, uh, I said, would you like to go on a date? And she said, yes. And I said, okay. Uh, what time? And she said, well, I'll be finished at about 6.30. And I said, okay. From work and the thing that she was doing. And uh, so I spent the afternoon, after finishing my things that I was doing, and putting my life in order and all the stuff with PSG and getting things, because it's only Wednesday at this point, and I haven't even really been home. I have, but I haven't unpacked. I haven't really... I have... I've been cleaning and I've been unpacking and everything ready and she's been over so my house you know it got me ready so I had to get ready yeah you know like I had to clean the house and get ready because she was coming over Tuesday so it prompted me to get stuff done you know same thing Wednesday I had a thing to get done I had other things to get done so I had to get home to finish things so it gave me a purpose you know and the same thing that the dog gave me I don't call I'm not calling her a dog but I noticed the fact that I need purpose the dog gave me purpose to come home, to take him out, to lose the weight, to do all these things. The women that I've met in my life so far gave me purpose to change because every time they said something that they didn't like about me and left, I took it to heart and changed myself because it was something that other people didn't like. Mm-hmm. And it's also a change that made me who I am but also hurt me and made me not who I am. So the real shame is something else way underneath there that isn't necessarily out because everybody told me to wear shoelaces with my shoes instead of being lazy. That's just one. That's just one. <laughs> also being told I was gay because I wear t-shirts, undershirts, like white. Well, that, that's definitely true. I mean, yeah. across the board, everybody. Everybody who's gay who's... takes care of themselves and, and wears white t-shirts. Right. And everybody who wears a white t-shirt is gay. Right. I mean, that, that we, just, we just know that. So, uh, you know, these are things <laughs> that I've had to deal with through my time. Uh, so now, you know, I've met a person who uh, says, okay, let's go on a date. And I say, okay, wait, you want a date? I go, okay, yeah, you know. And I said, she goes, tell me what we're going to do. And I said, not now. I'm not telling her now. She just said, decide what we're doing. You know, uh, okay, sure. No, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. 
that's not that's not my idea of fun. My idea of fun is not telling people what to do and that we're going to go do this because I want to go do it. That's not my idea of fun. I know this about myself. So, I spent the day creating a choose-your-own-adventure book. I didn't make it in a book. I wrote it on a piece of paper, but I gave it to her in questions. And I showed up at the house with flowers and in my kilt and uh, <laughs> sitting on the front porch because she wasn't ready yet and having to deal with neighbors who are looking at me going, what are you doing here? Stuff, with flowers in a kilt, and, you know, <laughs> quite an image. Looking the way that I do with a button-down shirt, uh -huh. uh, you know, looking the way that I do. <laughs> and so I, uh, I say hello to him, you know, and I say yes, you know, I'm early and she's not ready. And he laughs, you know. And I go, thank you for helping me out because you know he's like she's probably on the other side of this house that you're knocking on the door and she's not answering. So. Um, that's a whole different, that's a different story, but it's a thing. So he's there, and we talk, and she comes down, finally. And I said, okay, so here's, here's where we're going. Choose a direction. North, south, east, west, or central. And you get to pick which direction we're going. And she said, uh, okay, central. I said, all right. So from the point of where she lived was central, and I found things to do around her house that were going on in St. Louis on only on a Wednesday night or only on that night. Dang, that's a lot of Which just happened to be just happened to be a full moon night. We'll keep that in mind, because that's part of the story. Okay. Boomland. Second boomland. Oh yes. That's the one I'm familiar with. That's yes. where I can get Wi Fi. <laughs> so now uh, she says central and I said, Okay. So now that you have chosen a destination uh, would you like your night to be funny, <laughs> dramatic, or random? She chose random. <laughs> she chose random. <laughs> uh, would you like to know what all of those mean? Like what all three of those choices meant? Are you asking me or her? You. Yes. Would you like to know? Yes, of course. Okay, so funny. Uh, there was a there was an event going on at the Moolah Shrine Theater in St. Louis, which used to actually be the Moolah Shrine, but they turned it into a movie theater, and there's couches in it. It's a laid-back movie theater, and they do, on Wednesday nights, they do what they call cocaine uh, cartoons. And they are these uh, off-the-wall cartoons that were made in the 80s and 70s, like when Disney wasn't putting anything out. Oh, wow. They were they were like full length things, and they play them for like three hours, and you can go in and watch. And it was just an event that I found, and I was like, that would be a good idea, of just fun things to do. So that was the funny. Uh, the dramatic, uh, singing in the rain, was playing at the Muni. As so a as a as a show, as a live production. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so you could get tickets and go. You buy them right there, and it's a thing that plays every you know whatever. So it's a limited arrangement thing, you know, and it was playing. So that would have been the dramatic. The random was that in St. Louis there's an area called the Grand Center. It's right central of the Grand Center. It's an arts center. And they had a jazz walk that went from three different venues. That mm. went from like five or from five to seven, from seven to nine, and from nine to eleven. So jazz. So you is, progress, right? Yeah. Oh, sweet. And jazz is random. <laughs> well played. The next question after that was again. North, south, east, or west. Choose a choose a direction. From central. From no, just choose a direction. Okay. So it's kind of like the you know the remember the uh, fortune 
Oh, yes, yes, that yes. That thing? Yeah. That kind of same idea. I just added another question. This is my first time in Benton. This is Benton, yeah. right. That's a courthouse for Benton, courthouse for Benton. Uh, memorial, there's a memorial there. Uh, we are, we are, Benton yeah, is this can't, big. You can't blink. Oh, Benton is this big. That's big, yeah, that big. Small. Uh, I tossed a coin and before it landed, we were through it. I really didn't, but that's a good analogy. It's, it's a great analogy. Well, well explained. Thank and you. we're now far out of Benton. Right. <laughs> I mean, we are so and I'm far. only doing 40 miles an hour. So all those people who just wanted to calculate seconds to miles an hour, that's what we were doing. And I was doing yep. 30 through town there. So. <laughs> Benton, bye bye. Um, so the next question was north, south, east, or west? Uh, and she chose north. I knew it. I was going to say that. Uh, Back to the psychic conversation. North is uh, not necessarily what you would think. Uh, what do you believe? You know, there were, I didn't tell her what North was. And so because she chores North, I said, okay, we're going to go eat at Sweetie Pie's, which is a restaurant right there. But it has nothing to do with which direction Sweetie Pie's is in the area that we are in. That has nothing to do with it. It just happened to be what co coincided with North. No, it just they serve Northern food. Oh, okay. Uh, Some, if she would have said that. south, it would have been Mexican. Got it. Okay. If it was east, it would have been Indian. Got if it was west, it would have been like a, you know something else. California Bull. Whatever. You know, something <laughs> else. Right. Something. <laughs> uh, so while we're on our way there, because I had now, for each quadrant, I had each one of those things done. So not just the central location, the north, south, east, west, far east, far west, far north, and far south. Wow. Uh, quite a bit of effort while we're driving because I said okay now that you've chosen your direction and we're on our way to the thing I said I'm going to try to twist your arm because there is something on this list that only happens tonight that's it there's no other time it won't happen at any other I mean it'll happen at another time but tonight is the only time we can do it in the in the near future because of the moon because of the moon. Uh, in the south region, uh, there is a water tower in St. Louis that sits next to where they used to actually store the water and pump the water for everybody in, the, in, the, in St. Louis or the whole southern area. They open it because it's been preserved and you can walk up the spiral staircase and stand at the top of it 190 feet above St. Louis wow. and look over it and see the full moon and everything else. And go there and she looked at me and goes yeah we're gonna go do that and I went yeah okay <laughs> and I go okay so choose again north south east or west because that's where we're going to eat now too you know and again she chose north and I said okay uh, so we went to go shave, eat at a, a restaurant called the shaved duck which is kind of a you know north you know American style food so it has more southern feel to it but it's American style food so um that was that date. Uh, I took her back home, dropped her off, went home, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. That was the date. Went home. Uh, Thursday, she brought me dinner at home. And we hung out at the pool for a minute. Last night, uh, we took all of our leftovers and heated them up and ate at home. And then she left to go pick up friends that she was doing, that, she, that are staying with her this week. This morning, she came over to my house, opened the door with her own coat to my door to pick up my dog and take him with her to meet friends and family and hang out and play tennis and 
spend the day being their friend. <laughs> that is my week. Wow. Wow, that's a hell of a transition from PSG. <laughs> you think? I do. I do. Uh, do you see where certain parts of my life have started? That there has been a systematic failure in my world. Uh, there was a conversation that I had with Kiki, I believe, uh, from Spiral Rhythm, who is, if you do not know Kiki, very smart. <laughs> yes, she is. Uh, and uh, well-weathered, and so is PJ. Oh, man, that woman helped me a couple of times this week in ways that other people will never know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if she hasn't had the chance to help you, let her. <laughs> okay. Because she likes to. Um, I, uh, by letting people into my world, I've learned how to understand some, some information that I didn't know before. And process certain things that I wasn't. And, and it's because I was there with all you guys. And Kiki said to me, um, there's a reason I brought up her name. And it's because she said something to me. And i got to remember her quote. Because it was while I was sitting there. We were talking about something. that I'll have to go back to me because I got sidetracked. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. So where are you at now? That's a oh, lot. systematic failure. Shit, that's what it was. Systematic failure. Where are you right now? Yeah. Oh. Where are you right now? Systematic failure. Um, but understood systematic failure. So what she was talking about is like in psychology, in psychiatry and psychology, there's a thing called systematic failure. It's also in computers. That when you add an anomaly to a system, mm. it breaks. It starts overrunning. It breaks the system. The, the programming doesn't run correctly, uh, it has to figure out how to write around the anomaly. If you've ever seen The Matrix, it's a, the basis of what The Matrix is, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a systematic psychological failure of what is used to be run as your programming uh, thing. Somebody came along and inserted a new disk into my head. Mm -hmm. uh, the program that was on that disk uh, started messing with the program that was running already. Got it. Uh, there were other things in play already when that disc got inserted. Mm -hmm. Life was already taking its own things, doing its own things. So when you insert this disc in, all those things have to now be redistributed. Yeah. They have to be refocused and understood why they're there. Like, why are they still there? Why are they in this position? And why are they doing the thing that they do? Why did they? Why were they here to begin with? And why are they still here? Right. <clears throat> I have to start reevaluating most of my life at this point. If, if this continues the way that it is, I have to continue to reevaluate my life to go, oh shit, there's somebody in it different, isn't it? Very different. And coming from somebody who has done it, 
many times. You know it. I have not. Yeah, like you and I are totally different, totally different spaces because I've done a lot of it and learned so many things along the way. And when I left Kansas City, I promised myself I would not get it because I can get into a relationship like that. Like I meet so many people and fall in love very quickly and so I promised myself I would not and I would just relate with me and that's similar to what I did on my life I, right. the goal is I am not letting anybody else in until I find uh-huh. the one yep. the one who's chosen to be there That was that's the goal I'm not letting anybody else in I'm not letting you in until you choose until it's proven to me yeah, and I'm certainly more in that place right now. It's like I have um, adjusted and adapted my life to things that really weren't a fit. And because my life is so unique, to find a fit is like I've, I've, I got to the point where I really gave up. I'm like, well, maybe that's not for me in this life. And then, right. I, then I met somebody who looked like they were a fit. And I've attracted a lot of people who feel like they really want to be with me so they turn themselves into a fit which is not who they truly are and that has been disastrous for everyone so like where you're at is you've been really preparing yourself for the one preparing you you saw me three years ago yeah you've i mean you've changed your life in so many ways and so now it seems like you're really ready really ready and somebody has come into your life who just may be the perfect and I'm not fit forcing that on her and nor am I forcing it or not forcing it on anybody absolutely else. I'm sitting here going uh, <clears throat> I'm this is my life like being down here with you today she asked me last night like when was this planned I go this week all week <laughs> right <laughs> It was, it's been organic the whole time. This isn't a plan. This was a thing that went, do you want to go do this? We planned it before. Uh, I would still like to do it. I wanted to ask you questions of like fame and understand that like you're like when we talked about it briefly about the fact that when you're on stage, like the entertainment, they only know you as that song. They know you as you. They don't know you as you. Man. They don't, they don't talk to you like this. They don't sit and have dinner like I do. You know, and the, the bands invited me in to sit down and like Kiki invited me in. You want to sit down and have dinner? What? Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. It's a different breed, isn't it? And you know, but I've lived my life backstage with you know Blue Oyster Cult and Grand Funk Railroad and Marshall Tucker Band and play. You know, and I, and I sit back there with them and talk about shoes. Exactly. And talk about you know how's the road and I talk about things and I go how's it going? <laughs> how can I help you and how's it going? And you guys appreciate the fact that I'm there doing as good as I do, and you've talked to me about it and said it to me. And I go, well, thank you. I appreciate the fact that you notice that I'm helpful and that I'm not here just being a jackass. Because <laughs> this is what I like to do. Tech work and this work is what I like to do. And I'm good at it. So it just happens to be the talent thing that... I'm good at. I'm also good at a lot of other things like talking and singing and 
I just never cultivated those. I got out of that to do this. So, you know, there's part of me that knows that you're in my world because you're so good at what you do and I know nothing about how to sing or do all the things. And I go, how are you doing all that? Because it's interesting to me to go, you have such a talent that you know how to do so well that it just comes out. And I go, I can't do that. My talent is completely different. Yeah. And it, But it interests me when other people do them so readily well. Yeah, I mean, finding our gifts and honing them, putting in the 10,000 plus hours. To be master of what you do. That's right. That's right. And it's an evolution. I will be better next year than I am now, as long as I keep... Showing up. Showing up and focusing on expansion and cultivation and and connection. So, so much of what I do is you know, music and honing craft and all of those things. But if we're not connected to self and we can't connect to others then we can't really truly make a difference. And so some of the things you were saying about, it sounds like personal growth, like I'm really cultivating my own relationship with myself so that every interaction I have is the best it can possibly be. And that I leave that situation in a better place than, than it was before. I think that's a wonderful goal to have. And that, back to the beginning of the conversation, what does showing up mean? Physically showing up, it's what a lot of people who work in cubicles do because they're just so depleted. They're just doing the best they can. But to really show up and listen on a deep level to another human being is pure magic. And it's not a skill that we're taught in school. And it's not a skill that we even know how to cultivate because we're so freaked out, stressed out, overwhelmed, under-resourced. And to actually have that connection with another human being is what we're really looking for. We're running this rat race trying to get to that instead of just connecting to another human being or to ourselves or to a tree or to an inspiration that comes through or problem solving in a really creative magical way it's really about a way of being and when I say show up I mean that that's how I want to show up in the world and that's how I've been showing up in the world and like, your world like, has changed as <laughs> you know, a result like, I'm like hello and and that's the thing I look up and I say hello I'm here where are you I go, because you're not here, you're not helping me, you're not, you know, when I look at people and they're not here, I'm like, you're just in my way at this point, you know, <laughs> you're like, you're standing there, not, you're not helping my, and that's where Sandra has started to show me certain things of where I can let people help me, mm. when they choose to, like yeah. walking the dog, she goes, there's a reason why you're not asking me, and I, well, yeah, because I don't want you, I don't want to let you help me, I don't, I don't. Do you feel like you're being a burden, or you don't want to impose, or...? Uh, well, as I explained it to her last night, uh, to be number one, to, like the first call for people, takes time. Uh, it takes it takes knowing that you want to be the number one call for people. You know, like, call me first when you have this issue. Mm -hmm. Call me, you know, put that at the top of the list. And there are people who don't do that. They don't think first that way. And, and I'm one of them, because I don't think to call anybody first. I think to call me yep. first. So yep. uh, I go through, like the dog reaching out to you last night was, are you, you know, 
is there any problem with me bringing the dog? Because there is a twinge in me that went, I should really ask, because I heard you say about cats, and I understand that people with red hair and fair skin are things that are allergic to different things than I am. And I go, okay, uh, I'll ask. She happened to be sitting there. And while I did it, we came back with the answer I had, I went, okay, now i got to figure out what I'm going to do. I could stop on the way down and drop him off at Ryan's house, because Ryan's house is on the way down. My mm -hmm. best friend, he'd be happy to take him. My dad lives right over here, too, and I could have called him and, you know, I, we didn't go visit, but he lives right over there. Because uh, it's noon and we're now just getting back into town. So, um... I didn't, I don't think about how to involve other people to help me. Mm -hmm. I could have brought him and it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. I, it would, nothing, he doesn't lick. <laughs> he says hello and he goes, that's about it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, unless you want him to and you get down next to him, then he'll lick you. You know, he'll lick you to say hello in the hand, like, to get to loving on you, because that's what he does. Uh, but he's not a big, you know, licker, 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 licker. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... And he would have been fine because the car would have run anyway. I could have left him in the, in the, it's got auto start. would have done the whole thing on its own. The entire time we do everything. I was fine. concerned about him being in a hot car. That's what I was concerned about. Uh, I started because about. of who I am. I have auto start that would do yeah. run. And I, you know, because of I know that I can't leave him. Or at the time, there are times that I can't just leave alone. There's nobody else to take him. So I have to have a backup plan. Which has also been my whole life. You have to have a backup plan. You have to have ways of understanding that my number one isn't going to work. Mm. It's not, it, my number one plan doesn't work. To go from here to there does not work. Speaking of plans, I'm going to check and see if Tina has connected with me on the way to yoga studio. Nine minutes ago, she just got the go. girls and she's on the way to the yoga studio. And, um, we are very close to where we started. Yes, yes, we are. So yeah, I need to pop over and get my instruments and we then are gonna go do over that. there. Uh, we, this light right up here is uh, that church is my dad's church. Come well, up over here. <laughs> uh, this light, two lights up. I think it's just so uncanny. Like when you when I said I'm staying in Benton, and you went, okay, what? <laughs> Seriously? Yep. And nobody knows where Benton is. Nope. That's why I say I'm staying in the Cape Girardeau area. Nobody knows where Benton is. Uh, the Tanner Street Church of God is right there. It's my uh, dad's church right behind this building here. This next light is where we're going to turn to go down back down to Bow. So we just made one big circle. Yeah. yeah, I can see kind of where we are now. Let me, let me communicate with her. Let her know when we get there. Oh, that's... All right, well, now that we're back in, I'm going to hit stop on this guy. Right and on. we're going to table some stuff and get to production. Table it tight. <laughs> 